0: This is 10 Minutes of Science, a women in ophthalmology initiative, supported by Johnson & Johnson. We have invited ophthalmologists, who are leaders in their field, to discuss a journal article of their choice. My name is Robin Troutbeck. I'd like to introduce Dr. Marley Okada. She is a subspecialty trained medical retina and vitreo retinal specialist, She is a consultant at the Royal Victorian Eye and Ear Hospital and is a senior researcher with the University of Melbourne's Centre for Eye Research Australia. Welcome, Marley. Thanks, Robin, for having me on today. Could you begin by telling us the name of your article and why you chose it? So the, the paper I chose today is the PIVOT trial, which stands
1: for the pneumatic retinopexy versus vitrectomy for the management of primary regmatogenous retinal detachment. And the reason I chose this is that retinal detachment is the most common emergency site-threatening uh, procedure that we perform in ophthalmology. And although vitrectomy is considered first-line treatment here in Australia, certainly in parts of the world, uh, pneumatic retinopexy would be considered their main uh, initial treatment. And there really is no consensus um, on what is the optimum treatment. And given that there's variable uh, nature of the disease and in surgical techniques, it's rare to actually have a clinical trial such as this. And I thought this would be a good one to discuss.
0: Can you tell me about how the trial was designed and how they went about conducting the study?
1: Yes, yeah, so this was a, a randomized clinical trial uh, that included 176 patients and they divided pretty evenly, um, half and half, uh, so 88 patients each, into the pneumatic retinopexy group versus the vitrectomy group. Uh, they enrolled patients with detachments, So, they were both macular on and macular off. And the study was conducted in Canada from the period of 2012 to 2016. And then the study was published in 2019. So, fairly recent um, result. In terms of the actual technique itself, it was pretty standard. So, in the pneumatic retinopexy group, uh, patients were either um, injected with SF6 gas bubble and then treated with either indirect laser or cryotherapy. And this was done in the office. Uh, in contrast, the vitrectomy was an. Uh, in-theater procedure, and at the surgeon's discretion, either treated with SF6 or uh, C3 effect gas, although one patient uh, required silicon oil and another required a combined vitrectomy buckle.
0: What was the timing of the vitrectomy arm? Yeah, so actually I thought they did a
1: pretty good job. They tried to make sure that patients received treatment um, as soon as possible. So if they were macular on, this was within 24 hours, and then if it was macular off, within 48 hours. And that would be pretty standard um, for across the world. What did their results show? The primary outcome measure for the study was visual acuity um, based on ETDRS letters at one year. And interestingly, what they found was that the visual acuity in the pneumatic retinopexy group was better at all time points of follow-up compared to the vitrectomy group. So at at 12 months, which is the main time point of follow-up, the pneumatic group was superior by 4.9 ETDRS letters. And they also looked at secondary uh, functional visual outcomes, and they found that, again, pneumatic uh, performed better with better uh, self-reported visual function questionnaire, as well as better vertical metamorphopsia, but not for horizontal. Uh, As expected, um, patients in the vitrectomy group required more cataract surgery, so 65%, compared to pneumatic retinopexy group at 16% at final follow-up although uh, the authors do point out that not all patients with cataracts elected to have surgery. So potentially this may have biased the visual acuity results and failed the pneumatic uh, retinopexy group. The main surgical outcome, however, was that the anatomical success rate, so patients who actually reattached their retina, was higher in the vitrectomy group compared to the pneumatic retinopexy. So 93% of patients in the uh, the vitrectomy group as compared to 80% with one single surgery. So if we look at overall success rates of those who required repeat surgery, then the outcomes were pretty similar between the two groups. The final um, result that the study looked at was the number of visits over 12 months. And as expected, the pneumatic retinopexy group needed one extra visit over 12 months. And that's really because in the short term, uh, when you do a pneumatic injection, you need to see them fairly frequently uh, post-treatment to do the laser treatment and to assess the response of the the gas bubble.
0: What were the author's final conclusions? So the
1: pivot trial um, author's conclusion was that pneumatic retinopexy should be considered first-line treatment. And the reason for that is that they argued that this provided visual acuity, less uh, metamorphopsia, and less sort of overall morbidity um, compared to vitrectomy. And the hypothesis to why this sort of visual acuity might be better is that there is um, thought that a vitrectomy causes greater retinal displacement and stretching of the retina when, they, when you have a rapid uh, drainage of the subretinal fluid as compared to, say, a pneumatic, where you're really relying on the RPE and the natural body response to pump down that subretinal fluid. Although, again, these are all hypotheses and we don't really know the true reason for this.
0: What did they do well in the study? And conversely, what could they have done better?
1: Well, I think there are certainly many positive points about this study. It's a, it's a randomised clinical trial. And, and, you know, as I said, it's, it's certainly rare to have a, a clinical trial looking at surgical outcomes for retinal detachments. And so this provided a lot of detail about um, the outcome measures for um, uh, vitrectomy and pneumatic retinopexy. But they also looked at both anatomical and functional results, which are often uh, lacking in clinical trials. They also included both macular on and macular off patients. So, this is more representative of um, what we see in our clinical practice. And I think the final um, really uh, commendable point about this study is that this was done uh, with authors and uh, scientists who were really uh, very experienced with doing pneumatic retinopexy. So, provide some insight into the, perhaps the best optimum outcomes that can be achieved with pneumatic retinopexy. On the, on the flip side of this, though, I mean, certainly the study had limitations and, and criticisms for how it was designed. And one of the interesting points that I thought was that um, they did perform um, laser treatment to either lattice or tears in attached retina, so not in the areas of detachment, but in attached retina. And this was done before the pneumatic retina PEXI, uh, gas injection. And so this is not done in the vitrectomy group. So again, this might have biased what the baseline... Um, uh, treatment for these patients. Are. And then secondly, patients in the pneumatic group were allowed to be regassed, so double bubbled. They were allowed to be lasered as, multiple, as many times as required. And so this might be controversial as to whether the, the true success rate that they reported uh, may be um, overrepresented. And um, certainly many many people would, and many surgeons would consider that if you had to repeat an intervention, whether that's Repeat gas or we laser, then that's not truly a single operation success. The final um, thing I'd point out is that the vitrectomy arm um, was conducted with twenty three gauge um, surgery technique, and uh, and that might reflect the the timing of recruitment uh, for this study. Whereas nowadays we use twenty five gauge, so smaller vitrectomy, and so that
0: would be the more standard care these days. So what does this mean for clinical practice? Have you been able to? take anything away from this article? Yeah, look, I think
1: this is a great study and it's certainly provided a lot of, lot of thought. And I think there's certainly a trend uh, amongst uh, vitreoretinal surgeons um, to really um, think about how we analyse patients with retinal detachments. It's not just the typical how often can we reattach the retina but really, how well do we reattach the retina? And I think there's certainly greater awareness of the visual and functional outcomes for our patients. But then it's sort of balanced on, on the background of that. We need to make sure that we keep having good anatomical success. And that's certainly achieved at the moment with the vitrectomy surgery more than pneumatics. And those who fail pneumatics still need to have vitrectomy. So that's, that still needs to remain a, a part of our a surgical technique. I think really it all comes down to patient selection. And, and I think there certainly is still an option for patients in a you know, highly selected group with have, you know perhaps superior retinal tears, patients who can posture, um, who really you might think might struggle with the post-operative care from a, a detachment. But perhaps the really going forward in the future and, and uh, what we should be trying to look forward is how can we improve the, the visual results of our patients with vitrectomy as well. And I think there's certainly a lot of um, studies uh, in the literature and certainly recent conferences looking at this issue of retinal displacement. So um, sort of this watch this watch this space kind of topic.
0: Thank you very much for coming along today, Marley, and telling us all about the PIVOT trial. Thanks, Rowan, for having me. Thank you for joining us today on 10 Minutes of Science. See you next time.